0: X-Men. Get it, X-Men. X-Men. X-Men, X-Men. X-Men, X-Men. get it, get it, get it, get it, the it, this is your weekly X Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. Now, I'm Adam and I'm Zach and Adam. Hey,
1: what's I, happening, Zach?
0: I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, Adam. Y- you know, I had podcasts before you.
1: I, I know. I had, um, I had podcasts, but that was a long time ago.
0: It was a long time ago, uh, and you know what? Uh, there, there were people that I knew before you, and that's. That's fine. We've accepted that. We each we each have, you know, full lives outside of this podcast and before this podcast. And at some point, hopefully in the you know far future, this podcast will end, and we'll still have lives outside of this podcast and afterwards. Mm. But mm. I I always yes. I always wonder, Adam, what if? What oh what
2: what if
0: what if I didn't do this podcast with you? What if I? I had talked to someone else and did this podcast with them instead,
1: you know you'd probably just ended up end up doing it with that guy, Luke, you know,
0: yeah. Yeah, Luke Hare's here, guys. Uh, Luke, he <laughs> is the podcast host of Multiversal Q and the game master of RPG Pals Club. And he is currently the mastermind behind the Kickstarter for Super Slashers, which is a comic I got confused with some other comics he's been telling me about that involves Sentai's in summer camps. But this one's just called Super Slashers. It's your friend and mine, Luke Hare. Luke,
2: everybody! Hello, Zach and Adam. How are you doing tonight? Why are you
0: doing great a voice? Great, Luke. Can't you do a right? I'm not voice?
1: doing a voice. That's just his voice. It sounds great. I thought Silky was doing, smooth.
0: It sounded like he was doing like a Mr. Belvedere thing.
2: No, no. You've confused me with the normal Luke from your universe. Normal Luke is actually busy. He goes to bed at 9 o'clock nowadays. I could have sworn and so we he already had to call I in... told you
0: no bits. I told you explicitly <laughs> I have the receipts we said no bits, and I even did a bit for you up at the front.
2: <laughs> All right, no bits. No bits. We'll go back just to put Just
1: put those bits away.
2: Uh, uh, we're going to talk uh, about what ifs if you haven't picked up
0: on that. Uh, that's that's thanks to Nathan Brock. Nathan went over to patreon.com slash Files. Uh, And he uh, said, hey, talk about What If Magic from 2018 by your friend and mine, Leah Williams, friend of the show. uh, Someone who, by the time you've listened to this, I've met and hopefully we are best friends forever. Uh, I assume we are at this point. Hi, Leah. Uh, My best friend who obviously listens to this podcast. Uh, And Felipe Andrade does the incredible art on this one. Now, Luke, Luke, you're the What If Boy. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what that's what they call you these days. Luke the what if boy hair.
2: Well, currently I'm Ultimate Luke boy because we've been covering all of the ultimate universe.
0: Ultimate universe is just one real extended what if, right? Like like all what ifs, everyone dies
2: at the end. And that's kind of the story of the ultimate universe. Not everybody dies, Zach. And you know, because I'm a comic fan, I need to be pedantic about this. <laughs> uh, look, look I, am,
0: I am on the uh, Hickman dark side of everyone dies. You can be on the everyone lives side, but I have, you know, st- stuck my claim. Luke, what happens in What If Magic Became Sorcerer Supreme?
2: So you know how magic normally just goes back to the X-Men and lives a normal-ish teen life and then dies of an allegory?
0: Yeah, that's about right.
2: What if she started just kind of not exactly serial killing people just to survive when she escaped limbo and then Doctor Strange tracked her down and was like, oh, hey, you've got potential. I'm going to be a kind of good magic dad and help you deal with trauma.
1: In the sort of goofiest way he possibly can. Mm (laughs) I love this comic book so much. I also love this I comic, love comic book surprise. so much. Oh, it's so good. That's a great distillation of it, though. Because, like, it really is just all about these goofy interactions between Doctor Strange, who really does mean well, and Ileana, who is so broken and just trying to survive. And they're they're just, they're such great foils for each other here.
0: So what's interesting, you say goofy, and I don't think you're wrong. But I think it's going to give people who haven't read this the right, right impression. This is a serious story. and There are some incredibly like powerful emotional moments in it. Uh, a lot of it, that, that comes down to Felipe an, Andrade.
1: Yeah, that's an understatement. This is probably the only comic book to make me cry within the last five years. Really? I don't... Get super emotionally invested. I'm not a comic like book a,
2: either. No. Okay. Did, did either of you read Klaus, the uh, Morrison comic that came out this year? Uh, no. I did
0: not read this year's version of Klaus. I don't know if it's pronounced Klaus or Claus, but if I say Claus in Morrison comic, people are going to know that's the one where he does Batman year one, but it's Santa Claus.
2: Yeah, this year's was all splash pages, one for each day of Christmas, going back in time to different days of Christmas. No words, and by the end of that is like, oh, I see how it all works. I am crying now. This is me crying at my desk because that's where I read comics on Wednesdays. I gotta check that out. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. Never had Santa Claus make me cry.
2: Well then you
0: had a lot of good Christmases and you need to check your privilege. Uh but bring- Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh, you never no. had uh, <laughs> you you never had Santa leave Mighty Max toys stuck in your uh, fireplace. No, that and came out wrong. And so you didn't wrong. find them out until like two days later, and you, you thought that Santa didn't like you. You never so had Santa be- leave a note oh on your God. bike
0: saying that the bikes broke on the way down the chimney and that he had to get replacement parts from the North Pole,
1: guys. They made it sound like I like had these like bountiful Christmases. It was really just because my mother really wanted me to believe in Jesus, not Santa. So. Jesus doesn't
0: bring gifts on Christmas. It's Santa. It can be two uh, things.
1: Jesus brings parents. the greatest gift of all.
2: All you can eat bread and wine. No, (laughs) that's very good. That's very good. He brings that
0: on Easter, though. That's explicitly brings it on a different holiday.
2: Uh, No, explicitly. He brings it the week before. it on Passover,
0: yes. Well, the night before, yes, on Passover. He walks in, he comes in on. with the with the ass and the uh with the palm branches on palm sunday and then he does the whole thing we all grew up grew up understanding this stuff some of us were very good champions of bible quiz trivia uh that you did do competitively with the other students at the at the uh, different churches around the area
1: Uh, zach i'm sensing another bad uh itunes review coming out
0: oh my gosh yes
2: (laughs) But uh speaking of childhood trauma brought on by people who lived long times ago, uh Belasco's in this.
1: <laughs> That's a great transition. Buddy. This is
0: we are we are good at segues here. Uh, yeah, Belasco's in this one. Belasco does try and hunt Ileana uh, again, and he's he's mad that she shacked up and shacked up in a literally living in his house sense and nothing else, because this comic is not problematic. uh hmm The tall
2: basketball man does not show up.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Shaquille O'Neal, for people who don't follow sports, which I assume is 90% of our podcast.
2: (laughs) Wait, are you saying? There are people out there who are more familiar with Belasco, the former Lord of Limbo, than... uh, world-famous basketball player and car salesman Shaquille O'Neal. I'm saying...
0: I'm saying if those people existed, they listen to this podcast, dang it.
2: Uh, If you do know about Belasco, but not Shaq, please tweet at my account. Jake loves otters on Twitter with Shaq, Shaq, Shaq. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Focusing on this
0: very good comic that we do need to talk about because Lee is a friend and... Again, we're going to be objective here, but I do love this comic so much. Uh, magic has to fight Belasco, and she's struggling this whole thing to do creation magic. It's the only kind of magic she can't do. And she finds out, finally, in a moment of stress, that she can do creation magic, in fact. And she doesn't create a weapon. In fact, you know, she doesn't make a soul sword. She makes a soul staff. And it makes her feel complete. It makes her feel like the child that was taken from her. And it's heart-wrenching?
1: That's the page, man. That's the page. Yeah,
0: that's... Felipe, Felipe Andrade. Just grand slam on this one.
1: That that three-panel... Pa- Jesus Christ. It's just... It knocks it out of the park. It's so good. Um, one of the limitations that this book has is that it's it's really short. Um, It's like like
0: a 20-page comic.
1: Yeah. I I feel like it really needed maybe like three extra pages. Um, But I got to give it credit for doing everything that it does in these 20 pages. It's outstanding that it manages to get... This version of Ileana, it manages to really harken back to our magic miniseries version of the character. It gets Stephen Strange's, you know, dad vibe. And it gets into dealing with this core trauma with this character. And it makes me excited to see this version of Ileana continue.
0: I wish, I wish that Leo Williams would walk into Mark Wade's office... And grab him by the scruff of his neck. And throw him out the door and say, I am doing Doctor Strange now. You can <laughs> you can stop. This is my book. Because uh, she kills it with this character. She absolutely nails it. And you, you said it right. It's a dad vibe, which is not what I'd think from Doctor Strange. But, like, he's been there. He's done that. He isn't weirded out by how weird his life is. He's just kind of rolling with it. And I love that. Like, that's perfect. It is wonderful.
1: Yeah. And he's admittedly bad at it. You know, like, there's this great sequence where they're sitting at the table um, eating food. And she's telling them uh, her life story. And then at the end of it, he's like, hey, so uh, you want to be my apprentice? (laughs) You know, Wong's like she just got done telling you how she didn't want to do that that's like how she was emotionally scarred i love it and it's it's done with such economy that uh it's it's so smart
0: this is good what if uh a lot of what ifs are bad and we're going to talk about those later uh but this is a great what if uh any any closing thoughts before we move on to the ranking segment of our show
1: um I love this book and I would like to rank it very high, but let's talk about our gigantic list.
0: Luke, do you know how many stories we have on
2: our list?
1: Hmm. Uh,
2: I do not know because I know you ranked three more in the episode most recently. I'm going to go with over 12. You've been doing this for a few (laughs) weeks now. We have, we
0: have over 12 stories on this list. Uh, the number one of those stories is Dark Phoenix Saga. Uh, Adam, do we have to start jumping by like seventy fives now?
1: I mean, we're getting—you can't just keep going fifties because we're.
0: Last like, week, it felt like fifties was a lot. Uh, maybe
1: just give the the hundreds. Give give the recaps. Okay. The, yeah, the, the big milestones.
0: A hundred is astonishing. Spider Man and Wolverine. 200 is special edition X-Men number 1 the backup story where Kitty Pride and Liliana give you a tour of the mansion. Number 300 is Iceman volume 1 where he goes to fight the exist uh, the you know cosmic embodiment of oblivion and nothingness. And then number 336 is a comic that I wish was a what if it's called the Draco. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Why do you
2: wish it was a what if? Because
0: it's bad. We have a whole episode on it. Go listen to that. It's like number 50, I think.
2: But no, what is your what if for the Draco,
0: Zach? My what if if for the Draco is exactly the Draco, except for it didn't happen in the real 616 continuity, where they said, oh yeah, Abyss is Nightcrawler's brother, as is a guy named Kiwi Black.
2: God. Back in college, I knew a guy who was super into Kiwi Black, and I never understood why. And then he was like, Oh, he's uh, Nightcrawler's brother. Nightcrawler's actually a demon. And I was like, No, I don't read comics yet at this point, but that's wrong. That misses the point of Nightcrawler. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> ranking this thing, it's very good. It's much better than the Draco.
0: It is. Uh, it breaks the top 100 for sure. Cause it's, yes. It's better than Astonishing Spider Man and Wolverine. I'm trying to see what what ifs we have around here. Because uh, what ifs tend not to rank, you know, crazy high. Uh, okay, wait. I know. I know the what if that is high. <laughs> uh, if, th-
1: Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires.
0: Yeah, this is better than number sixty. What if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires? Oh, definitely. He- I think that's a bad comic. Uh, you're wrong. Uh, you're you're objectively wrong because it's beautiful and I love it. Uh, you know Doctor Strange. He's the Punisher in that one. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he shoots I think there's great bullets? ideas. I just. I don't think it works as well as you do, but we both have different takes.
0: We do, we do. Mine's the objectively correct one, because I control the list. Uh, For the show. Sure, 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 sure. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I like this better than Uncanny X-Men and the New Teen Titans at number 42. Adam?
1: I do as well. That means we are already above the original Storm and Ileana Magic mini series, which was at 52,
0: um, I'm going to, well, I'm going to say something. All right. I think it's better than dead souls.
1: We've got now we're, we're, we're passing some more Iliana milestones at 35. We had, uh, the new mutants, uh, arc of inferno. I, I, had, I know it. I
0: know we did. I know we, we passed have that one
1: new mutants, dead souls at 32. I think this is a top 30 story. So how high are we willing to go? Ooh,
0: it Isn't better than number 19, Magneto 1 through 3, Infamous, by Cullen Bunn and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta?
1: I think we're in the same realm, though, as sort of a character-defining issue, like the Nightcrawler mini at 21. Mm
0: -hmm. Is it better than Wounded Wolf, though? Is it better than Wounded Wolf?
1: I don't know if it's better. You
0: mean
2: the one where Wolverine protects the power pack?
0: Yes, he protects the power pack with Barry Windsor Smith art.
1: Nothing up here is bad. Is Doctor
2: Strange protecting a Russian child better than Wolverine protecting a child from New York who got Paris from a magic space horse?
1: I think we gotta dial it back just a little bit here, because I don't know that I can put it above 25, which is the Brood Saga.
0: I think that's fair. I will say, I like it better than Life Death, though, at 29.
1: Do you like it better than life death 2 at 26 i mean that is tough
2: no
0: but i uh i think it i think i like it better than that time that uh that they thought madeline Pryor was back but she was or that phoenix was back but she wasn't it was just mastermind trying to screw with the x-men and then scott gets married
1: those are issues Uncanny X-Men 174 and 175.
0: That's 28 right. on the list right now.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say that this should be, this is my opinion. We should put it as our new 28, because I don't know if it's better than Uncanny X-Men 98 to 100 when the Sentinels are back, the the Christmas story. That is just classic X-Men. That I, I don't know that this is better than that.
0: I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. uh A fantastic showing for a really good one-shot that I do love and that I am biased about. Uh, But this is What If Magic 28. Y'all know this was Leo Williams' first full Marvel comic.
1: Kills it. Absolutely kills it. Knows the character inside out. Knows strange inside out. And just nails it. It's so smart.
2: Yeah, And tells a story that hasn't been told before while adding more to both characters. Which is the most shocking thing about a what-if.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, we also read Doctor Strange with... the end uh, that oh, came right. out a yeah. couple weeks ago. It's a follow-up to this story. It's more Doctor Strange focused, uh, which just in- reinforces to me that Leah Williams should be writing Doctor Strange and Felipe Andrade should be drawing Doctor Strange and, like, Mark, respectfully, f- tell the story you need to tell and, I mean, go be Mark Wade. <laughs> go remind <laughs> us about Onslaught. Uh, we should right. talk about a different story. Just well, let's I'm talk just about some
1: normal-ish What If uh, from Volume 2, uh, which is started in 1989, and we're going to talk about uh, an X-Men-themed issue here, correct?
0: Yeah, this is What If the X-Men Had Lost the Inferno. And Luke, what if the X-Men Had Lost Inferno? What do you think?
2: Uh, I would make the mistake of suggesting this when you're asking for comics as a Patreon backer of the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you Did know you how it was normal... bad? Oh no, I just hadn't read this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh well, Zach's doing a story about Iliana. Let's uh, do a quick search. Oh, here's an Inferno event crossover that hasn't been done. Going to send that one in and some others.
1: Hey, Wolverine eats a baby. <laughs>
2: Wolverine, you're going to eat a
1: baby. Fresh from the nursery.
0: Wolverine, Wolverine. Wolverine is infernoized in this one. He's not a vampire, but he honestly acts just like Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires in this story written by Danny Fingeroth uh, with pencils by Ron Lim, inks by Keith Williams. Uh, How do you
1: guys uh, feel about Ron Lim? Ron Lim was always sort of like, George Perez was not available, so let's call Ron Lim. Like, do we do we like Ron Lim?
2: If he had gotten a better story to draw, I would have been more interested. <laughs> so you
1: don't want to see Wolverine Inferno style uh, stab Spider-Man through the heart and say, Aced that sucker! <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I guys. don't
2: want to see Sim smooching with uh, Madeline Pryor necessarily. Oh, gross. gross.
0: Can I tell you something? I'm not a big Ron Lim fan.
2: I think he's fair. He's fine
0: though. One of my first comics. I've I've said my first comic a lot on this show, but one of my first comics was a Ron Lim comic. It was Silver Which Surfer was. number 50. It has a cool cover. It's literally oh, his, It's The Silver Surfer right run here. is
1: great. Yeah.
0: Uh, it has a, really good. It has like kind of a not die cut, but it's like pushed out Silver Surfer. Uh it's a cool cover.
1: Good run. Good run there. You know what this uh issue does do, uh you know, obviously the setup is that the the X Men lose Inferno, Maddie and Sim take over New York and continue. Maddie does this-
0: like several baby murders.
1: Yeah, lots of baby murder, um, and we've got a, a small group of superheroes, but it does follow up, strangely enough, on a, a lost point of uh, Inferno, which was that Rachel got turned into a mannequin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> Doctor like Strange a goes and gets the mannequin. mannequin and... He's
0: like, oh yeah, you, you, you have phoenix power, let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: You have a little bit of phoenix power in you. Got so, a little um, phoenix in you. Yeah. Lim gets to draw a lot of flames here between the human torch and uh and the phoenix and all the magic floating around here. Anyway, it's a mess. It's it's like one of you know, all these what if stories where everybody dies, so Wolverine kills Kitty Pride, kills Spider Man, kills then everybody. Wolver- and- well
0: then Wolverine gets uh turned into a skeleton. But then mm-hmm. Sim possesses that skeleton. I kind of like that. That was that part was dope, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Because Sims, and he
2: also has a soul sword. He does.
0: Uh, That was the best part. It still wasn't great. I don't even know what to say about this. This is your very generic "what if" where the art's not that great, the story's actually kind of boring, and everyone dies. Uh, And then Doctor Strange and Rachel have a baby.
1: No, that's not Alicia
2: Masters. Who was married to Johnny Storm at the time, have a baby because remember how there's all those times where it's like, Oh, Alicia Masters is the only woman who will ever love Ben Grimm, and then she ends up marrying Johnny and Wasn't that a like, scroll?
0: Oh. That was a scroll, right?
2: Sometimes. It
1: depends on the story.
2: Ah, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. If if by the fact that I forgot what happens at the end of it tells you anything, this one's an incredibly forgettable comic. I literally <laughs> had to get to the end of the story before I was like wait no i've read this one before
1: <laughs> you didn't like ron Lim's little uh little fantastic four baby <laughs> <No>. <laughs> which basically just looks like the watcher <laughs> <No>. the limb. <Epi-Lim.
2: laughs>
0: it was all this one's not good uh it's boring that's the thing this should be exciting it's not it's boring
1: I don't know. I've heard people come to the defense of these issues because, like, it's no holds bar and you get to do whatever you want. But at the same time, it does lack a certain amount of imagination when all you do is use the what if format to just kill everybody and end the world repeatedly. So what does that say about the format? You know it's, what I mean?
2: It's easy to cop out. I guess. I think, yeah. I think Luke's right there. It's easy to cop out. However,
0: I understand the people who like a, you know, what if style story where there are, you know, no holds barred and all that stuff. And you can just like give endings to characters. But that only works if you build an emotional connection and emotional stakes within those characters where it like matters that they died. Like uh, Old Man Logan is a story I really like. Yeah, it's got issues. I still like it. It's real pretty and it's a Rick Rollin adventure. And we'll talk about that on an episode when someone finally requests Old Man Logan, which is a weird one that no one's requested. Uh maybe maybe our maybe our listeners don't care about Wolverine. That's is possible. Wolverine a member of the
2: X Men? Yeah. Sometimes. I, he's in this he's on the cover
0: here. He's got this the knives. He's the knife boy. <laughs> He's I thought babies. that was an old
2: man who was also just happened to be named Logan. <laughs> no, no, he
0: he he was in a feature film that made me cry. You know him. Uh, it was named after X Men First Class. For some reasons.
1: Uh, well, let me I... ask you this, Zach, because I feel like we we don't have a lot of substance to talk about this book. So let's start comparing it to some other what ifs we have on the can I, list. Can I finish
0: I... my old man Logan point so I don't have to edit? Oh, I'm that sorry. I didn't. I mm-hmm. thought I. I No, I I didn't actually say anything. I just said the words Old Man Logan. Uh,
1: I got excited and wanted to keep going.
0: I know. It's not your fault. All right,
1: so why do you love Old Man Logan so much?
0: So there's a death in Old Man Logan. And spoilers for this old comic uh, where Hawkeye bites it pretty suddenly and pretty unexpectedly. And that does have emotional stakes because you've spent time with this character and this Hawkeye and you care about him. And even though he's gone... Like, and he was never going to stick around because it's a what if. You cared about the character and it mattered that he was gone. Hmm. And I think most what ifs lose that. They they just say, and you're dead, and you're dead, and you're dead, and you're dead. And it's like certain runs of X-Men comics where you just get numb to the death.
1: That's a great point. I mean, you don't usually have any time in these stories to to spend any time with the characters because the characters are just... They're there.
2: Wait, so y'all didn't have uh like any emotional reaction when Doctor Druid, Jennifer Kale, Shaman, She Hulk, and uh Captain America all die on the exact same page? Uh, no, because I mean, they—they like they might have just
1: died in the same panel. I mean, it, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs>
2: well, it meant something to me
0: when Doctor Druid bit it because that guy he knew from AV chords. <laughs>
1: Well, here's what I will say. Um, I think Ron Lim is uh, doing an okay job here, and that automatically makes this better than number 330, which was, what if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires during Inferno? I would was, agree what with if that. number 37.
0: Luke, maybe uh, you were thinking of that one, which is really bad. No,
2: I know what I was talking about.
0: I don't believe you.
2: Anyway. Fair. Uh, well, is you this... just got to listen to Multiversal Q. I, I've listened to a lot of it.
0: I just I've listened to a lot of it. Let's not let's There's not get into who listens to Whose podcast here. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 not have that discussion. I listened to all of Exiled because I loved it, Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this better or worse than X Patrol? Now that I'm on the weird spot and feeling self-conscious.
1: <laughs> what number is that? Three
0: thirteen X Patrol number one. It's got the Doom Patrol and the X Men in it, and they're the same.
2: And um, it's a nothing story. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I like that more than this.
1: Oh, all right.
2: I, mean, I person think person who's read all that. the amalgams.
0: I've read two of the amalgams. Y'all heard about it two weeks ago.
1: Mm-hmm. Better um, or worse than Onslaught, Zach.
2: You really just gave me a pickle there, did it? you? <laughs> I mean, Can I offer my insight onto this conundrum? Please do. Uh, one of these is only a single issue, the other is like over a hundred connected issues and <laughs> <laughs> technically signal te- the death of Marvel. Technically this amount of onslaught is only
0: like twenty issues because we broke it up into bite sized pieces. Uh, at least were, as bite sized as you can. Uh, was I that bite size better? I don't look. I don't think this story's better than the first six one six Arc of X-Man. <laughs> is also bad.
1: All right. So it's all about Onslaught. Is it better or worse than Onslaught?
0: I think Luke brings up a very good point that I forgot I've read this multiple times where Onslaught will be burnt into my memory because I spent so much time on it. So it can be 315. This can be all right. 315.
1: 315 it is. <laughs> um, the last story is uh, a real doozy, guys. Where did this one come from?
2: I think this one also came from Luke. Did
0: this come from oh, me, yeah. Luke or did this come from someone else?
2: I think it came from someone else. I might have just been like, I don't think it was for me. Let's check the old Patreon. We don't have to. You know who you are. Thank you
0: for this one. Uh, this is X-Men Unlimited 37 by Carrie Andrews. Uh, with special pencils of, by Carrie Andrews, Mike Uncle, Dave McCraig, Josh Middleton, uh, Troy Nixie, and Scott. Scotty Young. Sort of. He stops by. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Scotty Young's in this one. He got paid. Scotty Young made that cash.
1: For sure. It's not as refined as Scotty Young as we might expect. Um, And the story that is being told here is bonkers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird one. So this isn't really a what if, but it's kind of a what if, because on an alternate universe... Uh, there's a child, and his name is Hutch.
2: That's oh, what this I. this was a near Ravel friend of the show. Oh, friend oh, of the show, near Oh,
1: Interesting.
0: Uh, this is Hutch. Uh, Hutch is Magic's kid from a from a different universe. And right. He, sort of. He's he's from a different universe, but also he got born into the space between all universes, and all universes have equal claim on this child. Uh so he's a ghost everywhere. Except to Farmer Dad. Except to Farmer Dad whose name I don't remember.
1: Farmer Dad Mr. Thatchel. Mr. Thatchel is more than willing to destroy the entire mutant race because he believes that his son was killed by a mutant, not realizing that his son was the mutant who was responsible for multiple deaths.
0: What dramatic irony.
1: <laughs> uh, th- this results in Ileana- like basically folding the multiverse onto a single point and trying to destroy all of mutants.
2: She makes a deal with Mephisto oh, right. where Mephisto. she Mephisto. will He's gather the... up all the mutants and then Mephisto will gobble them up and Ileana will get to have her boy Hutch. Right. <laughs> it's... Look, the story's not great.
0: The story's an excuse for Carrie Andrews to draw every version of every X-Man he feels like.
1: And we, you know, Zach, you mentioned the rotating artists here and to start with, I guess guess i kind of understand i mean we have this uh Thatchell plot with hutch that is being told in i guess the best uh, how would you describe this art style it's kind of like uh sunday morning cartoons right like i was
0: gonna go with calvin and Hobbes.
1: yeah yeah it's yeah. Got, got kind of a calvin and Hobbes thing and then we're switching over to a more let's say realistic I don't want to call it a house style because it's not, but
0: it's like it's Josh Middleton doing the uh, like the six one six regular stuff where Kitty is weird. I say weirdly, uh, but I don't mean it in that sense. Kitty is emotionally invested in Iliana and thinking Ileana may have existed. and that's the only picture that Kitty leaves on her bedside table. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah, they love each other, and it's so sweet. And Marvel, I, you're you're doing better with the X-Men and letting them all just, you know, love who they love. Let, let let them. Just let them happen. Let it happen.
1: So we get... I get those two art styles bouncing back and forth. The problem is that we then start inserting even more art styles.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: when we get to the point where Ileana is going to collapse this multiverse and kill everybody with mephisto we get another style then we have these vignettes like there's a very strange weird thing where wolverine gets attacked by all the wolverines and that's in another style and then scotty young shows up for a page and then we get I don't know. Like then there's another style when Mephisto shows up. So there's this whiplash that you get with the storytelling and each individual style could have been an interesting way to tell this story or maybe just to pick like two or maybe three at the most. But the fact that there's like six or seven, it kind of detracts from the entire thing. And what should be a lot of fun, I found a little too schizophrenic for my, uh, my reading pleasure
2: (laughs) i would yeah like when you go from very grim gaunt looking mephisto on one page to oh now it's just a bunch of demons made out of shadow
1: Mm, yeah and they're they look kind of happy
2: yeah it doesn't like super work
0: uh which is to this book's detriment because it should be good this should be a fun story but it's not actually, it's kind of boring. Like it's not the showcase of art that you want it to be.
1: Right. It's trying to switch between these for, uh, for intent, you know, in terms of what the story is doing, but it, it doesn't match up. So you instead are flipping the page and not really sure why the style has shifted, you know, and, and the jokes don't land either. Like there's, the the multiple pages uh, of the Wolverine jokes, and it's not exciting. Like, it's not exciting to see all these Wolverines try and slash at each other. It's not funny. The Scotty Young page where, like, three Wolverines yell fastball special. It's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like i don't know i want to like this a lot more than i actually do and there are sections of it that i think are really cool but as a cohesive whole it falls apart
2: Mm -hmm. and the different art styles like you said don't really have a reason to a lot of them especially in the battle scene and so it's like i remember reading through this i was like why do they keep switching art styles are these different universes or something or is it supposed to for a reason and no. I, it's just like, oh, I want to do this and let's get different people. At the end, Kitty has a dog. Is that dog important at all in continuity? No! Does she just have a dog?
0: <laughs> no, Kitty just finds a dog for a hot second.
2: <laughs> I and forgot about the dog, about the dog man. Again. Why does she I, have a yeah, dog? I forgot the dog, too. I think, I think Hutch, who becomes a ghost boy, gives her a dog and then Hutch leaves and the dog vanishes.
1: Okay. Look, yeah, it's... And it's is it a happy ending for Hutch? I mean, you feel like he's still Ghost Boy, wandering in between the universes forever. Hickman's he, bringing
2: Hutch back.
0: He got like <laughs> he got like universally suicided or something. It's it's not great. Nah. Look, X Men Unlimited lasted way longer than people remember. This went into two thousand and three, and then they rebooted it for another like twelve issues. X-Men Unlimited went on for so long and there's a point that they just kind of quit doing anything that mattered with it.
2: And this is well past that
0: point. <laughs> this is deep into yeah. the none of this matters section.
2: I, I looked at the cover for the issue before and it's got a very provocatively drawn Kitty Pride dressed like a schoolgirl outside a principal's office, office with Lockheed and it's like, I... Why is that something that actually happens in this story?
1: Oddly enough, that story,
2: that, that one is super important to,
0: uh, mechanics. <laughs> to x maximum mechanics. That Mechanics. You're story's... making
1: it sound like mechanics is important. It's
0: not... A lot of people love mechanics. A lot of people do. It's just not, not us. They're not me. <laughs> it's just not us. And we need to accept that so they don't get mad at us.
1: It's, it's above the 300 threshold. So we'll, we'll give it some credit
0: good uh is this one gonna be above the 300 threshold
2: ah oh, man yeah. I... it, it tries something it just kind of bafflingly flops
1: how do you Three, feel about it 300 uh,
0: 300 right now is star trek the next generation slash x-men second content or contact so it's mm, it's close I this think isn't it's... as good as mechanics at 290
1: no no, it's not. Is it better or worse than Poptopia at 293?
0: Got a chunk right here. It's probably better than Heroes for Hope. Yeah. At 296.
1: Which is an interesting comparison point, given the variety of art that's here and sort of the nonsensical structure of the story.
0: Actually, as I say that out loud, I'd rather read Heroes for Hope. <laughs> <laughs> George R. R. Martin does one in that one.
1: <laughs> and ah. Stephen King.
0: Stephen King does one in that one.
1: Uh, uh people do one in that one. I'm going to say that it should go in between the Star Treks. Because I think I would rather read Star Trek X-Men. But Star Trek Next Generation X-Men doesn't quite hold up as well. So,
0: Luke, you read those Star Trek X-Men?
1: No, I'm not a Star Trek boy.
0: I'm not a Star Trek boy either. We still did it, because that's our job.
1: That's right. That's I read what the Green people...
0: Lantern Star Trek.
1: My ceiling would be 297, which is the introduction of uh, the Blob. It doesn't matter; three. it's our
0: new 300. I already put it there.
1: Perfect, love it. Sometimes
0: Sold. I just once once I Smart. feel like we've decided, even if we haven't <laughs> felt like we've decided, I just do the work on the spreadsheet anyway, and I say, I know that feeling. It goes there, guys. We've got it. We got to wrap this one up. Uh, but that was fun. We talked about we talked about some what ifs, and what if this was a good podcast maybe more people would listen to it who knows uh but nathan brock listens to it and nathan thank you so much for this episode it was a lot of fun we gotta talk about that one good story that we all really love uh so that was great and then some other stuff but that one's our fault and the fault of the people at like the five dollar a month level on patreon who suggested other stores uh yeah yeah it's ner, ner. i love you man i'm
1: glad we saw i'm glad we read that one it was weird Mm -hmm.
0: it was weird uh Hey, uh, if you want to be like these Patreons Go to Patreon and do the Patreon thing There's a lot of rewards At the $5 a month level you get early access to the episodes And that's great Uh, So you'll get this one uh, early Maybe super early It depends on how much I edit Hmm. Uh, But if I edit too early Then you're going to uh, Have a little bit of wait Because we're recording this low early Because me and Adam just got back from C2E2 As you listen to this probably And it was great we met i hope i hope we don't hate each other at this point
1: hate each other that's impossible zach come
0: on i don't know last time last time i went to c2e2 with someone they ended up sleeping on the couch because i had a bit of a cold and uh my my night sleeps were loud
1: yes yes but you don't that person doesn't hate you you don't hate (laughs) that person
0: Look, 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 that person who will remain nameless, but if you figure out who I went to C2E two last year and figure out which ones weren't married, uh, you could probably narrow it down. Uh, <laughs> there, there were some challenges that week. Uh, but, you know, be like them, do the Patreon thing. I've
2: lost track. Luke, you're still here, though.
0: And hey, Yes, Luke, I am. Why do we invite you on this podcast, besides the
2: fact that we're friends? Uh, because you didn't get me on when you were having all oh, the guest people. Adam was on sabbatical for his Kickstarter. But speaking of Kickstarters. Bum bum bum. I've currently got one going on. Uh, y'all know Buffy the Vampire Hunter? Slayer? I'm... Slayer. The Slayer.
1: No,
0: Slayer did uh, Rain in Blood. Rain
1: and Blood. Mm.
0: No, which one are you talking about? No, because Slayer did all those really good thrash songs that we all love, actually. Actually, Slayer is my least favorite of the big four thrash bands. Uh, It's Megadeth and then Metallica, then Anthrax, then Slayer. Anyway. Zach,
1: Zach, you know he's not actually talking about real Slayer, right? He's talking about his comic book that he's he's trying to fundraise for. So, what's it called, Luke? Tell us about Uh, it.
2: I'm doing a comic uh, called Super Slasher, where the sort of elevator pitch is it's. Superboy and Buffy meet on a blind date, hit it off, and then it turns out that they are targeted by a supernatural serial killer who wants to kill both of them to fulfill an ancient rite. and that's when she finds out that he is the clone of the world's greatest superhero, and he finds out that she is a monster hunter who's specifically trying to hunt down this super slasher. That sounds are great. There, that's where the title comes from. Are there
0: mm-hmm. any Power Rangers involved?
2: No, that's Sentai Slasher Summer Camp, another project that I've got in various stages of, quote-unquote, the works. And who do you got collaborating with
0: you on this Kickstarter?
2: Uh, I have the fabulous Caitlin Scannell, who is providing the art for this. It's a 10-page mini-comic. Uh, when we're recording this, I'm under $100 away from getting the book printed in color, and then another... 150 dollars after that from adding on some extra pages this is sort of our pitch book it's a satisfying story but we have more that we want to tell so hopefully with the kickstarter we can get some interest get some funding and see what happens next but you you say you were talking about some goals that sounded like you were stretching to get them are you telling me this kickstarter is already funded uh yes it has been funded for over a week at this point so so congrats
0: so if people go and they support it, there's no there's no second guessing. They're getting this comic.
2: Oh, yeah. And we already have all of the black and white art for the book done. So if we don't reach color, uh, it will be super quick to ship. And, uh, you know, it's really good. If you order a physical copy of the book, you will also get a free print.
0: Ooh, that's exciting. Uh, so, y'all, go check out this Kickstarter uh, there's a link in our episode notes. And go support Luke, because, frankly, he's been one of the first supporters of this podcast and this show. And he was our first guest. And, uh, you know, we want we want to show him a good time here.
1: <laughs> I backed it.
2: I backed it. Cool. Thank you both. And thank you to anyone else who backs. Uh, also, I do some other stuff. Can I plug that right now? Uh, plug if away. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach, Adam y'all love those ultimate x-men right i got some strong feelings and they're strongly positive about certain parts of
0: ultimate x-men yes
2: they're okay you know there's some stairs to climb during it <laughs> uh yeah no we're uh currently on multiversal q we have become multiversal q where we are covering all of the ultimate universe uh when this episode goes up two weeks from now said luke checking his schedule i have we're getting close to ultimatum y'all and uh dark times dark times ahead <laughs> like we did ultimate power last week for us and then then this weekend as of when we're recording this was ultimate human so we're getting up to when it gets really bad for a while but if you want to see we're ranking like all those stories and uh We have the same writer at the top of the list and at the bottom of the list, so you can check that out at MultiversalQ.com or UltiversalQ. There's also Exiled, which was my actual play role-playing game podcast that I hosted, which was mostly weird Marvel random continuity stuff that you didn't need to know, but got to feel better if you got what I was referencing. Uh, That is done now at Exiled Podcast, minus some uh, things that are going to be coming up later this year. And then there's RPG Pals Club, which is at rpgpals.club, which is a fifth edition D&D uh, role-playing game that I also DM uh, using the Waterdeep Dragon Heist setting. But instead of trying to find an ancient cache of gold pieces that would uh, change everybody's life, we're a lot more interested in finding dogs and a battle of the bands and also emotions. Man, you're busy.
1: Good. You're a busy man. hmm
2: well and then I've got like two other things I've told two you other know. podcasts starting soon, but I've told you uh, for years he does too much stuff and
0: he needs to just like live life.
1: That that's him go, living life. He's well, he living. needs to
0: go skydiving, he needs to go rocky mountain climbing, he needs to go two point seven seconds on a bowl named Fu Manchu.
2: I need to have the best soy latte that I've ever had. Fair. Alright guys. <laughs> uh, this is done. We we
0: we're done with this this episode. Uh It was fun for us. Hopefully, it was fun for you, too. Luke, thank you so much. Go support Luke, everybody. Uh, Next week, you're going to hear our conversations from C2E2. Do you know who we talk to?
1: We don't either. Mm -hmm. We have no idea.
0: Not a clue. We got everything tentative. Everything's so tentative. And I know it's too late, but Marvel PR guy, please. Please get back to me and let me do my goof. I thought goofs weren't allowed on the show. Bits aren't allowed. Goofs are right in. Until next week, guys. This has been Valley and We hope you survived the experience.
1: Get it.